0: I wanted a career in which everything would matter. So I joined the CIA. And now I help protect our families, our friends, and every fellow American.
1: Find out how everything you do in your career can impact our nation. Visit cia.gov careers to learn more and apply.
0: Hello and welcome into another episode of another Carolina podcast. And we're just dropping the full title that I was really excited about because Wes and Chris have insisted that they're not gonna participate in the call and response, so we're just going with another Carolina podcast, but thanks again for tuning in. If you like it, be sure to rate, leave a review, and subscribe as always. Got a great show for you guys today. Of course, the big news around Columbia this week, Josh Belk departing from the football program, and not just the South Carolina football program, he is done with football um, for his career. Also, uh, Evan Henson leading the basketball program, and of course, got some recruiting notes, a couple guys coming into Columbia this weekend, so we will have all of that for you. Uh, Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell. As always with me, I'm Pearson Fowler. If you want to catch my local show on 107.5 The Game, you can do so 12 to 1 on weekdays. And guys, let's just jump right into this with the big news, the one that has left a lot of people uh, scratching their heads a little bit. I think for people close to the program, for you two especially, this wasn't something that was completely unforeseen, but for a couple other people, for most of people, I think, frankly, uh, this came a little bit out of left field. So give us a little bit of background about Josh Belk's history just with the game of football with his injury specifically. And it, for those of you that haven't heard, it is a fractured vertebrae for vertebra. I think vertebrae then is plural. So it's a fractured vertebra that is a, a large part of the reason that he is no longer playing football. So what's the background again on that injury and on Belk's just relationship with football in general?
1: Yeah, we don't have a lot of info on the actual injury. I mean, it was something that Josh <clears throat> mentioned yesterday um, in discussing his, his reasons for leaving the game. Um, you know, you look back just for some background at uh, his sort of his process that he's gone through. And When he got to Clemson, uh, did went through the spring there, spring football, enrolled in January, went through spring and left in May, and um, you know had had a good spring there, um, but just behind the scenes things weren't going as well as maybe it would have seemed on the field, and decided to to leave. And once he did that, South Carolina was sort of the natural destination, and I think it it really didn't go as planned. At South Carolina either and when you when you look at the reasons it's hard to exactly pinpoint it um you know Josh mentioned the the injury we've had some folks ask us you know have you have you been able to confirm the injury or what's the extent you know we we haven't like x-rayed the kid <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can't tell you that and um I have no reason to doubt Josh on that either um would will be sort of silly on our part but when you when you really break down the situation I mean um there, this isn't really the first time that Josh has sort of questioned his future, you know, whether it was at Clemson, whether it was at South Carolina. And so keeping that background in mind, that's why when the word started to get out that he was considering leaving the program, there were some people inside the program that were sort of waiting to see, would this stick? And it looks like now with Josh coming out and, and sort of publicly discussing it, it looks like that it will.
0: You tr- You said you haven't had a chance to x-ray him. Did you even no. try? I, I have not <laughs> Are tried. Are you doing they, your they job, They don't Chris? allow that. No, okay, all right, no, no. so not allowed. I was not, not looked upon kindly. But for Belk, like you mentioned, it's, it's a complicated issue and certainly if it's an injury kind of thing and if it's something where he doesn't see football as necessarily being his future, obviously something like that that could be very, very detrimental for your long-term health is going to be something that's going to discourage you from playing football. There are people that we've seen that are a lot more passionate about football and a lot more proven that have decided to step away from the game for health reasons and I think what we've seen a lot lately is it has been head injuries with the more that we're learning about concussions and especially With what the NFL has been dealing with, you know, just in terms of everything that has come out about concussions, we've seen guys like. I, the one that always sticks out in my mind was sort of the first domino in my mind to fall was Chris Borland, who looked like he was primed to be one of the best linebackers in the league for the Forty ers mm-hmm. and then left after his second year, and or I guess it was maybe before his second year, but regardless, you know, cut his career short because of health issues. So we're seeing Belk, um, you know, basically take that same route. And I haven't seen any dissent or anyone, you know, saying anything nasty, which is great because all you can do at this point is just wish him the best because regardless of how much of it has to do with his love for football, his passion for the game, you know, I think fundamentally this is an issue about his health long-term.
2: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, you look at it, and I think right now it it seems like uh, Josh is a a kid that's kind of trying to find his way as far as what he wants to be and what he wants to do for for his future. And, um, you know, like you said, to to play the – I don't know if people realize to play the game at this level – um, what those kids go for or go through on a day-to-day basis as far as the time commitment, the uh, the work that it takes. And, you know, I I think in some ways it is, you know, it, it is kind of sad. And I, I think we have to remember, uh, for one, I, I hope it's not a decision that Josh Belk one day looks back on and, you know, regrets uh, as far as the opportunity there. But at the same time, I think it's a reminder you know, we, we don't know what these kids are going through. We, we may see what they do on social media or people may read about them online. Like we, you know, like what we post or other sites post, but um, we don't really know what these kids are going through. And obviously um, there's so much that goes into it. So I, you know, I, I hope that Josh Belk is at a situation where he can truly, you know, be happy with his decision, because obviously with, you know, going to Clemson and then it not working out there, going to South Carolina, not working out here, you um, you know he he's been pretty undecided about where he sees himself uh, clearly so um I, I just hope it's a decision that um he's able to uh to find comfort with I, I think and not something that he ends up in a situation where he looks back and and wishes that things could have been different and you know i think with with josh the talent has always been there but you know it's always been a question of um could he put it all together and uh, a lot of that is you know uh, the stuff we never see 6 a.m. workouts and um you know just day after day uh your, your entire day is is pretty much filled if you're a college football player so um it, it's not easy and uh you know it's a situation where you have to really truly love it um regardless of you know the injury side um to, to want to do that with your life, I think.
0: I threw this out to Chris on my local show. Again, 107.5 The Game, if you want to check that out. I have Wes with me on Mondays and Chris with me on Thursdays. So, Wes, I want to get your take since I just talked to Chris about this like 15 minutes ago. It seems weird to say, and obviously you can never afford to lose somebody with that, talent, you know, that caliber guy. He was four or five-star defensive tackle, depending on where you look, and was always, you know, I think going to factor into South Carolina's plan if he were part of the football program, but I was talking to a coworker of mine yesterday and I said, you know, if South Carolina can afford to lose anybody at any position on the defense, I I think they are better equipped to lose a defensive tackle than they are, say, a linebacker or a cornerback or a safety, which, again, is weird to say. The defense got torched in every facet of the game last year especially towards the end of the season a lot of that was because of injury but it seems like if they have depth anywhere if they can afford to lose a body anywhere it seems like it's the defensive tackle am I crazy
2: no I don't think you're crazy I think they've they've actually recruited pretty well um at those positions along the defensive line and that that's why you recruit so many guys at the position we had um, and I, I don't want to characterize this as like the entire fan base or even a, a big portion of the fan base but I I did see a few posts maybe talking to basically saying you know it, it was a wasted scholarship to take Josh Belk which I I think is absolutely ridiculous I, I mean I won't say it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because I've seen a lot of ridiculous stuff posted online but uh, it's absolutely ridiculous for, for it's a one, freezing cold take is what it is well for one if um I- here's the thing even if even if you gave me the benefit of seeing the future and you asked me should they take Josh Belk I would still take Josh Belk every single time because I think if you have an in-state, highly recruited defensive lineman that you think highly of yourself, you take him at that position every single time. I think uh, that, that's the reason why you take it to Quest Sorrells, even though the numbers maybe didn't dictate you necessarily had to have another defensive tackle in the last class. If you can get a potentially stud defensive lineman, you take him every single time. I mean, the... Nobody wants to hear this, but Clemson, the literal defending national champion, they took the guy. So obviously, uh, you know, you take Josh Belk every time. It didn't work out. Um, the talent has always been there, but it's always been a question of would it would it all come together. So uh, I, I do think there you do miss a little bit of if he could have put it together this year, um, just that that strength size combination that Josh Belk does possess compared to. You know, some of their other guys, just a true maybe nose tackle type, if you yeah. want to jump in, Chris, like a, a zero technique, a one technique that can just hold the point of attack. I, I I love what they have at defensive tackle overall. I think Rick Sandage takes a big jump this year. I've heard good returns on him in the winter workout programs. Enigbare was great down the stretch. Um, you do have Deques Sorrells coming in, although he doesn't project to necessarily help this year. but you know, not to mention
0: a guy like Javon Kinlaw, a guy that was – like yeah that, all the all the rage on social media heading into the season because of how he transformed his body, and you mentioned Sorrels you know I don't think it's a mistake that the coaching staff zeroed in on him as they were closing out the class because while a lot of fans may have been blindsided by this, I don't think this was anything completely unexpected or completely out of left field for the coaching staff. I think they were sort of expecting this and going again going and getting sorrels I mean he's a talented guy obviously that you hope helps your program, maybe not right away because of some academic issues, but long term you know you're not just doing that without the context of knowing that there is a possibility that you could lose a defensive tackle that you think you might be counting on in the next couple of years.
1: I mean you all you want to stack defensive linemen as much as you can for and, and again, you know, with the background on the Belk thing, there there have been some times where it looked like, you know, he could step away. So couldn't say definitively how much that weighed into it. But I mean, you get a chance to take a guy like Sorrell as you take him. I mean, you get a chance to add, you know, even you know, a junior college guy like Devonte Devontae Davis will probably play more in, but you know, is that a huge, huge need for this year? Not necessarily, but if you think he's a really good player, you take him. The positions you got to be really good at to win. I mean, you need to be good everywhere, but you got to be really good at quarterback. You got to be really good along the lines of scrimmage, especially on the defensive line. And you look at the teams that have won big, that's sort of been their formula. And um, that's what South Carolina is trying to accomplish. So, um, you know, with, with Josh uh, not being on the team. You know, you, you guys have mentioned the names. You know, Javon Kenlaw is a guy who can play that zero, that one technique. Kobe Smith um, finished out the year pretty well, and he he's probably the closest thing to Belk in terms of, you know, that wide body, that that true nose guard type of player. He really brings that. Now he's a senior, mm-hmm. um, so South Carolina, and and so is Javon. So they're going to have to figure that part out, and, and they probably can. You know, um, he he's a guy Josh was who showed flashes of his ability. Uh, last season, but um, they they can move forward. And they have, as Wes said, recruited pretty well on the defensive line, and they do have some guys coming back who can help this year.
0: You never regret taking him, and I agree with you, Wes. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous to say that South Carolina shouldn't have taken him, you know just because this was a possibility you always take a guy with that kind of talent as you're saying but the scholarship point is an interesting one I I know you guys have the answer to this and I think a lot of people myself included don't exactly know where this leaves South Carolina and not necessarily on the defensive line we just talked about you know sort of what the implications there in terms of playing time who's probably going to be able to step into that role but for Carolina Josh Bell was already counting towards this 2019 class they signed 23 and then the other scholarships going to Jamel Cook and to Josh Belk, this will leave Carolina with 24 for this class. Is Does that mean that that's the scholarship spot that they will look to fill, that they will be able to fill? You have to also take into consideration the 85. Where does this leave South Carolina in terms of the available scholarships? Yeah, I mean,
2: I, I think it really doesn't affect much of anything as far as that goes. They can't, and he, he's already played, you know, so they counted him forward, but he played this past season, um, actually played in six games, and I, I think um, – you know, so you don't get that spot back as far as the 25. And, uh, as far as the 85, I was just pulling up our uh, scholarship breakdown, which, uh, our boss man shoemaker does. And actually very, very good resource. If you've never looked at it, um, with Belk out South Carolina, still one over the 85 at 86 right now. So, so there were, we, there were going to be transfers. You always account for transfers in the off season anyway. And, um, because so there were going to be transfers anyway. So I, I think, uh, you know, doesn't really affect much of anything.
1: No, I mean, it is it is going to give them an extra slot in terms of helping towards that 85 limit for the 2020 yeah. class. I mean, that's yeah. but that's really it. Like you said, not going to take another guy in 19, not going to go squeeze somebody in now um, because because of Belk, because he already counted. Your initial counter spot, I mean, if we're talking about the 25 limit for a recruiting class, you use it. If you sign a guy, even if you sign a guy and he doesn't make it, then you lose that slot, you know, and so that's why you see the coaching staff really take care to try to only sign guys that they're confident they can they can make it academically, for, for example, or make it to campus otherwise. Um, right now, if you look at South Carolina's 20 class, I mean, it's not going to be a full boat of 25 in all likelihood because they just don't have the numbers. It's sort of hard to say. You know, right now, I don't even know, I don't have in front of me, it wouldn't even be like 20 right now, for instance. Mm -hmm. Now, some room will be made because there will be some more attrition, which is pretty natural, um, and they'll probably get to, say, 20 or so. And and so this this belt thing will, I guess, give them another slot for that. But that's, that's really all there is to it.
0: Another guy that made a big decision, sort of the opposite decision in Belk in some ways, Evan Henson deciding to double down on football. Earlier this week, the announcement came down. I guess it was Tuesday early afternoon, Tuesday late morning, that he was no longer going to be a member of the basketball team, that he was instead going to be focusing on football. From what you guys you know, have seen from Henson, he was a guy that logged minutes but was never a huge cog in the South Carolina basketball team, but was – at least regularly getting minutes with someone that could come in and offer some effort some rebounding you know some size you know a little bit of versatility there at that sort of two three spot but didn't really factor into the long term plans uh, for the basketball team from what you guys have heard from both the football and basketball programs does this decision have more to do with not getting enough play in or not getting enough playing time in basketball or does it have more to do with really just doubling down and thinking that he can be a real factor on the football team this year
2: you know uh, without knowing for sure. I would think it's the fact that, um, you know, he's going to have a real opportunity on football this year. I, I think, um, you know, if you read what Colin wrote from Frank Martin um, after the Tennessee game, I, I thought it was pretty telling. You know, Frank said he, he could tell something was up with Evan, and, uh, you know, he, he went to talk to him about it. And before, before he even could get to talk to him about it, Evan said, you know, I need to talk to you. And um, basically the kid's been going nonstop for – for almost three years now, and uh, this would give him about 10 to 12 days um, to sort of just rest his body before he gets ready for, for spring camp. And, uh, you know, I I was trying to go back and look. Has he been... He hasn't been through a single actual full spring practice um, where he wasn't being involved with basketball at some point in it Yeah, as well.
1: I, I don't think he has been. So,
2: um, when you had guys like a Hayden Hurst initially ahead of you. Um, and then obviously Hayden Hurst was gone last year, but you had Casey Crosby, Jacob August, Kyle Markway, Keel Pollard, who are talented guys, but then also are able to go through 100% of the practices, 100% of the workouts, and are are able to dedicate themselves completely to the football team. It, it was always going to be impossible unless he was just head and shoulders better. Um Those guys are pretty good players. I mean, Hayden's playing in the NFL right now, clearly. So, um, you know, I think finally it opens up a little bit, Chris, and we're going to actually get to find out what Evan Henson can do. I think going into spring, you'd say probably Pollard and Markway are like your, quote, starters on a two-tight-end set. But um, Henson will finally get an opportunity to go through an entire spring practice because the coaches kept saying, you know, how it kept setting him back that he was missing so much football practice.
1: August was in there last year, Crosby, like you said, yeah. Wes, and then they, they rolled in those next two in Pollard and Marquay. So naturally those are gonna be the guys, but Henson's always been someone that everybody's been so intrigued by from an mm-hmm. athletic standpoint. It's gonna be really interesting to see what he can do.
0: Well clearly he's an outstanding athlete to be able to do both. That just takes that takes something that even, you know, the best athletes don't necessarily always have. Just that endurance, that sort of versatility, the the ability to, I guess, switch your minds even between a couple of sports, that, you know, that quickly is is tough to do, but clearly demonstrates what he is capable of. But like you guys are saying, I mean, it's I think it's clearly Pollard one, Markway even still probably ahead of Henson. Is one spring gonna make the difference? And I guess that was why this was such an intriguing move to me because it wasn't a shoe in that oh, he stops playing basketball, all of a sudden he's going to be tight end one. Like you guys said, he's really tight end three. Do you think by the end of spring that, from what you know, from what the football coaches have told you, from what they've seen from him, does he seem like he can go ahead and submit himself even as that tight end two, if probably not that tight end one?
2: You know, we'll we'll see. But I, I think, um, and I was trying to pull the PFF numbers real quick. I mean, they they played a ton of tight ends last mm-hmm. year. I mean, it wasn't just tight But they
0: also had a lot. They had five that could realistically play.
2: Yeah, well, if Evan can realistically play now, you know, he's going to be in that rotation as well. So, I, you know, I think they played um, still a, a decent amount of two tight insets. Um, you know, I, I think we saw a little bit more three wide. I don't know what the breakdown would be compared to previously. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Evan's going to pass Kill Pollard, honestly. But I, I think it, even if he's third, all of a sudden you're actually in the rotation as opposed to not – I mean, he got in late game. And special teams. And then as the year went on, you know, there were times I didn't see him on special teams either. So I um yeah. you know, it may have been banged up at some point too, I, I think dealing some stuff. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I think even if he's third, he's gonna play. But this is this guy to me is kind of a wild card, Chris. We like you you mentioned it, how people talk about the athleticism, talk about the ability. If you can let him go through true 15 practices and he's got a little bit of a fresh start because he's got a new position coach you know mm-hmm. that that always helps a little bit as well Bobby Bentley is the tight ends coach now it's a fresh start if he shows he can make plays they're going to put you on the field I think
1: yeah well and you make a good point about the playing time I mean South Carolina rotated guys more than last than the year before the year before they had a guy in Hayden Hurst who's a first round pick you know so they played Hurst they played Crosby but Hurst was more of the guy for good reason. Um, there, there was a little bit less separation in the guys last year, and there were also some injuries. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the other thing to consider. I mean, Crosby was banged up at one point. August was banged up at one point, And so you had Pollard and Markway behind them. Um, and we saw Pollard, you know, if you go back and look at the snap breakdown, there's some games where Crosby played the most. There's some games, even when everybody was healthy, some games August played the most. Keel Pollard was the leading snap getter at some points. So um I think like like Wes said, Henson's still got a chance to play a good bit this season, regardless, even if he's only the third guy.
2: Yeah, and I'm trying to pull the uh, numbers here for us real quick. Um Keel Pollard actually and that that surprises me a little bit just based on the eye test. Now knowing that Cros- Crosby was banged up and that Crosby had that stretch where he was playing some but couldn't actually catch the football. He right. had a, a cast. Yep. Um uh let's see. Pollard was first among tight ends with 401. These are offense only, not special teams. 401. Jacob August with 305. So Pollard's snaps obviously return. Jacob August snaps do not. He's gone. Casey Crosby, 291. Those are gone. And then Markway, way down at 174. And let's see. Evan Henson played in five games on offense and had 45 snaps. So uh, You know, I, I think... At the very least, if he can take away what became, you know, Markway's number of snaps, then, uh, you know, he's going to be a bit happier, and and maybe he maybe he plays more than that I I mean the the upside is there we just we just don't know exactly what it looks like I think
0: I'm really surprised at the discrepancy at the top there I I would not have guessed that Keel Pollard played a hundred more snaps than Jacob August who I think was sort of the the tight end one or at least the more traditional tight end option Mm. just when Carolina goes with big sets that was always going to be August coming into the year and it's not like a huge surprise I guess to see Pollard uh, develop into you know the kind of guy that's going to be the tight end one by a hundred snaps because I remember I don't remember if it was this spring or last spring but I just remember seeing him in a spring game and just watching him run up and down the field and being like, "Whoa! I mean, this guy, this guy could be a real, you know, real tool." And South Carolina's had a lot of great tight ends over the years, so it makes sense. You know, you go from from Justice Cunningham to Wesley Saunders to Busta Anderson to Hayden Hurst and now you know Pollard. They do a good job of finding these guys that can really run the seams. And again, like Pollard flashed that in the spring, so it's not a huge surprise. But if you would just ask me, you know, right now before you looked at the numbers, who got the most snaps, I, I would have thought that it would be Jacob August or at least close. Um, at the top, but uh, yeah, certainly losing him, uh, him being August, and, and losing Casey Crosby, there are going to be more snaps for Henson, and you know I'll be interested to see just how much of an impact a spring can make because you can extrapolate that onto so many other things. Like, man, how good would Stephen Garcia have been if he actually was able to complete a spring? He's already the greatest quarterback in the history of recorded. Or Yeah, the history of just, like, mankind, like, recorded human history. Um, And just think about how much better he could have been, how much tighter that stranglehold could have gotten on that title um, if he was just uh, able to participate in some spring. So certainly going to keep an eye on Evan Henson this spring. Uh, Elsewhere in football land, guys, recruiting never stops. The 2019 class just got wrapped up last week National Signing Day. Carolina's already got some 2020 guys coming in this week. And give me a quick preview of who's coming in and what Carolina's looking at.
1: Well, I think... uh you know, there are a few different guys coming in. Wes, uh, one guy that we're keeping an eye on, Michael Wyman, uh, could be in town. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see him pop in. It's a guy that um, South Carolina's had on campus before, had him on campus back in January, four-star wide receiver out of Greensboro who um, South Carolina's gotten themselves into a pretty good position with. I mean, we're, during the open period, now that it's back open, I think it's sort of been the practice – this year when it hadn't been a dead period that south Carolina is going to have guys in pretty much mm-hmm. all, every, the all the time every weekend and so um he'll be one to watch for now there are some confirmed guys jaheem bell from georgia it's a guy that south Carolina likes it's sort of a flex tight end you know he's a guy with good size 6'3 220 he's visiting south Carolina on friday alabama on saturday um jack holyfield who is the uh Younger brother of Virginia Tech linebacker Dax Holyfield. He's a guy that South Carolina likes as a tight end from the 2021 class. Is slated to be there. Uh, David Daniel, a 2021 DB out of Georgia, who's a really good-looking prospect as well. And then Demarcus Beckwith from Alabama. He's a really, really good athlete. Um, that South Carolina again likes as a potential tight end Uh, he could probably do several things but um, he's someone who who really intrigues his staff as a tight end so those are a few guys to watch for this weekend
2: and I I like Wyman a lot I think uh, actually Chris put in my future cast this past week shameless plug for Wyman there Um, I believe that was the first prediction on him on our network so you should get in line with that one I think But I
1: might not agree with you. Just kidding.
2: No, No, I think think they're in in good shape there. And, uh, you know, I think it could be sooner rather than later, especially if he does end up on campus this weekend. Um, That seems to be a trend with guys, man, is that sort of uh, I've noticed that kind of like that final visit to just make sure, you know, I Mm -hmm. I guess um, Jamie Robinson. (laughs) um, Do we ever actually talk about the fact that he was on campus? Um, We did not. Because he, you know, didn't really want anybody to know that he was on campus, but he was on campus before National Signing Day. Um, Shiloh Sanders, you know, makes one last unofficial (laughs) visit to um, officially commit to South Carolina. And, um, you know, that seems to be a trend with guys. When they think they have a pretty good idea where they want to go, they want to take one last trip to sort of solidify and make sure. And uh, we'll see if that can be it for Wyman. Because, you know, we've talked to, I mean, Wyman, he does like the recruiting process. He... uh, Has, uh, I think, almost 40 offers now, uh, which is pretty insane, and he's continuing (laughs) to roll them in. But, um, you know, if South Carolina lands him soon, that would obviously be a big pickup for them.
0: Yeah, so obviously we're a ways away, and like you said, a lot of people are going to sort of drag this thing out, and even if you're not trying to drag it out, it's still early in the process, but anybody other than Wyman that you see as on commit watch for this weekend? Uh, I don't really think so,
2: but that's that's kind of the interesting part about following it is you never really I shouldn't say you never but there's all there's always guys that can pop up and and say you know I'm I'm done I want to be finished with it because it's it's becoming um more and more common for kids to go ahead and commit this early I, I mean it, it feels early but I, I mean for a lot of these kids it's like okay let's get this over with and more and more guys want to be done before especially before their senior season starts but um, with, with the senior or excuse me, junior days and visits going on right now, the guys want to commit. So it's like, it's still possible that a guy could just pop up out of nowhere and and commit this weekend. I think.
1: Yeah, nobody really on watch. But I mean, West makes a good point with with the recruiting calendar. I mean, it just gets pushed back more and more and more. Um, so so many more early decisions nowadays. Um, where you're really not waiting on guys late. There are some, you know, but but not as many. And really, I mean. this is just more of a general statement, but you see so many more guys that are early enrolling now. I mean, it's a really positive thing for for kids overall. And, you know, Muschamp talked a lot about it the other day, and they let kids go back if they need to go back to do something for school as part of their senior year. They You know, they can let them go do that even while they're with the team. But, you know, they've had, what, double-digit kids you know, the past two classes that do it. So you see that a lot, and sometimes that goes into the the pot for these guys when they're thinking of when to make their choice.
0: You said double-digit kids, and I just immediately think of Phillip Rivers. I think he only has like eight or nine, but it might as well be double digits. Coming soon. Yeah, probably. Probably so. All right, as we wrap up another Carolina podcast, we like to, as always, take questions from you guys, whether you're weighing in on the live stream, which it looks like Wes has taken down. We typically have a live stream up if you want to weigh in there. i also like to have a thread going on Gamecock Central for any questions, but this one comes from Reddit. A good question from Chublaka. Chublaka. It's C-H-E-W-B-L-A-C-K-A. I'm just going to call it Chublaka because it's like Chewbacca, wants to Gosh. know, and this is specifically for Wes, but Chris, I'm sure he won't mind if you weigh in as well. Wes, what is your take on the running back situation? I feel like we have the best coach at that spot since Jay Graham, but the lack of top-tier talent at this position, especially when we do not feature a dual-threat quarterback, really hurts the team. What guys do you envision that could be difference makers being likely to be a part of our program?
2: Uh, that's a good question, and I appreciate Reddit weighing in on that. Maybe Love we'll Reddit. get some some more of those later. I, I spend a lot of time at night on Reddit, like just – when I'm trying to wind down, and the amount of stuff on there is insane, so I'm uh, I'm glad we got a Reddit question. I just found a great
0: subreddit the other day, actually yesterday, a friend of mine sent it to me. It's r slash uh, rare insults, and it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's just rare insults. Um, another good one if you're just trying to explore random things. There's a subreddit called uh, Wow, this sub exists for subs that you're like, wow, this sub exists. How many? How
2: many? And how many subreddits are there on
0: Reddit? Oh, I mean like Pro- millions definitely <laughs> yeah i would say like realistically probably tens of thousands maybe a hundred thousand easily for every everything everything that you could think of no matter like how weird or how niche it is but yeah. anyways that's so, uh, uh yeah. this is not a paid promotion by reddit we just love no. reddit because we're millennial I, i'm a millennial are you a millennial
2: did you make the cutoff i think so you're 32 cut yeah i don't know yeah i think i am <laughs> anyway enough. shout out to r slash gamecocks on reddit um but uh no, I think that's a good question. We've talked about it, and uh, we'll get to it. We actually have a few questions coming in late on the Insiders Forum we can hit as Ooh. well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's something we've talked about as being a question mark. Um, I think you, you, again, you go back to Rico Daddle as far as needing – if we're talking this year, you know, you need him to to stay healthy this year and, and take another step as a player. And, you know, what, what does Thomas Brown – I mean, that – that's a position that, to me, a lot of times it's a lot, a lot about natural ability, and you know the weight room stuff obviously helps. And can you develop physically? But um, h- how much Chris, Kenneth, Thomas Brown help those guys? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, AJ Turner is he is he running running back full time again? Um, does Deshaun Fenwick take a big step? I think that would be uh, a nice development for this group. Would be Deshaun Fenwick, uh, you know, some positive early things on kevin harris but do you really want to put big expectations on him i'm personally not you know we'll wait and see there but then moving forward obviously i think you know we've talked about him a ton but tank bigsby long term the uh, 2024 star prospect is the guy that south carolina needs to find a way to get in their 2020 class
1: yeah no doubt i mean it's huge when you look at the future to get a big time back or two in the 2020 class but for now they're gonna have to develop the guys they got they got some guys that are at least have done it in spots, mm-hmm. um, have not done it maybe consistently, and then they've got some guys who are intriguing. And so I think it's going to be about Thomas Brown trying to squeeze uh, the maximum amount of production out of those guys and then having some youngsters like Deshaun Fenwick, Kevin Harris, Levante Valentine, who redshirted last year, has, has great speed, um, but just haven't seen him yet. And so I think this spring is going to be big really for all those guys because the competition really is absolutely wide open. I think Thomas Brown's made that clear to the guys in trying to push them and motivate them.
0: Couple more questions from the insider forum on GameCock Central. Always a great place to hit us when we're recording the podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer, uh Ben J Dan One. I don't know if that's Benj Dan or Benji Dan or Ben J Dan, but Ben J Dan One says, Derek Boykins, how fast is he? Who does he most compare to either on the current roster or rosters past?
2: Uh, good question. I love I, speed. Yeah, and I I posted earlier about um about him, and you know he's he's about 6'2", 215 right now. Probably going to be able to get bigger. Uh, speed wise, though, do you remember if he was timed in a forty that you've seen posted out of high school?
1: No, I, I haven't seen like a verified time. Yeah, you know you, you, you hear about uh, probably four six, you know things like that, but I haven't seen a verified time.
0: Hope he's faster than four six. I ran four six in high school.
1: No way! Yeah, for no, no, real. Didn't. Don't no. believe you. No. Really? All right, not we're gonna, we're gonna call, anyway. call, up,
0: call up Eric Kimmy right now. He was the one clocking it because it was the one year I played football. And they had me kicking because I was a soccer player, and then I was just doing all that stuff with the football team. And they were like, "Oh, we'll verify and then they, this." And yeah, then they well, here's why right
2: now. But we'll, if we'll text him, if a if a six two two fifteen linebacker legitimately runs a four six, yeah, he's he's a little bit taller than I am. Not <laughs> a not a oh, I'll run a four six, but a legitimate four six. That uh, is hauling. really went in challenging your forty. That there. is hauling big. but he's also not six two two fifteen of muscle.
0: That's true. I'm um, I'm five nine one seventy of of some muscle <laughs> and some pudge. <laughs> um, I know how much you love comparisons,
2: so oh, would man, you compare him to somebody?
1: No, I mean you just said I don't like comparisons. And I said you'd you asked, love them, and, and you asked me to make a comparison. There are some guys that you you can make that compare you know you can compare two guys with sort of obvious but a lot of guys are sort of hard to do that
2: what stands out to you about boykins i that's I, a better question i look at him i looked i just watched rewatched his film the yeah. other day to me at least his high school film he's more of a run stopping type guy cuz we were doing the NCAA <laughs> yeah. but now he's big he's athletic he's going to have to play in space i i think they checked that out in camp but at least his film most of it is stopping the run but yeah. um and i look at jamar brown we saw him as the other linebacker, we saw him in coverage in camp. Yeah, he was I said outstanding. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I mean Boykins is a guy that you know he's a really instinctual player. Um, he's always around the ball. He's really good at taking on blocks. He's good at slipping blocks. Um, he's good playing in the box. So I think that's going to be his strength. And I mean physically, even when we saw him as a high school senior, he looked, if he, if you would have said this is you know Gamecock sophomore Derek Boykins, you wouldn't have been really that surprised. You know, yeah. he already looked like he. I mean, he's, he's pretty rocked up already, physically advanced kid, and so um, really hard worker. I mean, high school coach had great things to say about him all during the process. So um, I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. Um, if we have to do the comparison thing, I don't want to make this lofty of a jump because they're not exactly like. but there are some, I think, similarities. Jared Davis, you know, who played for Muschamp at Florida, um, was a three-star guy and then went on to be a first-round pick. So I'm not I'm – not, Everybody's gonna start putting on Twitter. I said that Derek Boykins is gonna be a first round pick. I did not say that, but there's some similarities like in the game and in the style of play. At least, you know, uh, when you look back at, at Davis's high school film, he was just so explosive and so big. Um, but Boykins, I think in high school was a really good player. There was a lot to like there.
0: One more question from the Insider Forum as we wrap up here. This is from G. Pennington. And, uh, guys, actually, I think I can handle this one without you. Uh, G. Pennington wants to know, was Fenton Fenton an early enrollee, and how much can he add before the fall? Does he have the body to get to 235, 240 quickly? I I guess my short answer would be uh, Zesto, Peebles, Lizard's Thicket, and Southern Belly.
1: (laughs) A lot of free advertisement there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I— he is on campus. Yeah, he's way. on campus. That's the um, answer that to get that question. part Sorry. out. Um, you know, I'm gonna go back and look. I can't remember. I think he said he was at 223 on his official visit. Yeah. Um, which was not very long ago. You put him in the workout program. Uh, let's see, 235 to 240. I I mean, I think that's doable. I don't know how quickly, but I I think certainly over 230. Um it's something that's gonna be doable for him. And I don't I don't know how big, you know, how big do they want him to get? How big yeah. can he
1: get? You know, you look at him, I mean they they think that Fitton is a buck or a Sam type player and
2: Bryson allen Williams.
1: Bryson allen Williams or um I mean and and Fitton's more athletic than you know, no knock on him, but more athletic than Danny Fennel, but that's the type, you know, the body yeah. type. Yeah. You know, when you look at Bryson a little bit longer at his size, more explosive. Um, Fitton is a similar player, like you said, West to Bryson Allen Williams, or you look at Danny Fennell's body, body type. Those aren't, you know, two hundred and seventy pound guys. I mean, and obviously he just asked about two thirty five or two forty. So that that is doable. We just it's hard to tell what time. I, I, I know they they're gonna take their time putting it on and make sure try to make sure they put it on the right
0: way. Wasn't that about where Bryson is was when he was playing, wasn't he about two forty?
2: He played he's listed
0: at playing at six one two thirty two thirty thirty. Okay. Two thirty. And
2: uh Let's see, uh six two, two forty six for uh Fennel. Yeah. Um so and then, you know, I, I think uh, Fenton is a little bit like a little bit longer than Bryson, right? Like he's he's more six two, six three. 6'3". hmm. So yeah, I mean and, and it's but it's all about keeping your athleticism too, and every every guy's different. We have these windows of weight we talk about, but every guy's a little bit different.
0: So we'll we'll see. Thanks for the questions on the Insider Forum. Also, uh, as always, you can get us on Twitter. He is at GC Chris Clark. He's at West Mitchell GC, and I'm at Pearson Fowler. Also, the Insider Forum, like I mentioned, great place to hit us. Any threads we have going on r slash Gamecocks on Reddit. Also, if you want to comment on the live stream, all great ways to uh, to get any questions in for us for the podcast.
2: And also, we got to talk about our new newsletter as well. Let's um, talk about it.
0: Yeah, we need people
2: to sign up for that um, every. Would you say business day, Monday through Friday, every business day delivered to your inbox. We put it on Gamecock Central, too, if it is your, uh, you know, if you're already on there. But if you're listening and you want another free, obviously, podcasts are free, if you want another free way to follow the Gamecocks, um, our Gamecock Nation Today newsletter is um, comes out every morning now, and it's basically a one-stop shop for uh, what's going on in Gamecock Nation, uh, schedule, upcoming events, um, everything you need to know for that day, basically, and the day before. And uh, you can actually, if you go to our front page, you can uh, click it, and you can subscribe to that for free. So that's separate than subscribing to the site, which obviously it's not free. But this is free, and I think people like free stuff. Please so. subscribe. Yeah, well,
0: too. and it's and it's awesome. It's great content too. As someone that is not like really a part of Gamecock Central. I'm more just a fan of you guys and appreciate the opportunity to work with you on the Aww. podcast. I consume the newsletter every day. It's like really good I, and it seems like it takes a while to curate because it's well done every day. So I don't know who's having to put in the extra work there but I, I do really appreciate it because it's a, a great feature. Uh, other thing to keep an eye out for that we're going to have rolling now on a more regular basis are the Gamecock Central food reviews. Chris and I were with uh, Derek Phillips and Kev Roche at Mo's last Monday. I think this coming Monday we're going to be at Andy's and Wes is going to try to not bail because he's never had Andy, so we're gonna we're gonna yes. try that out. And so I'm, I'm not gonna bail, and we're gonna bring Groucho's into it. Well, I think into. we're gonna do we're Groucho's not gonna do next that. week. No, yes, no. we are.
1: We can't bring in the Groucho's because we don't want
0: to take the experience. It needs to be pure.
1: Well, yeah. Plus, I know both Andys, Andy and Andy, and th- and they'd be highly upset with me if I brought even if in we're grouchos. giving them
2: free publicity. Even if
1: I don't know if that. I mean, how would we feel if we let one of our competitors, you know, in here on the podcast?
2: I don't know, Chris. And
1: started talking good about them. Because you would probably get on the air and start talking about how great the Grouchos was. Because you're like that.
0: Either way, <laughs> keep I'm an eye like out for that. that. It's going to be great. It's a good mix <laughs> of uh, of food review and just general sports conversation. And then by the end, it invariably will turn into listening to what Derek Phillips is doing with his Daily Fantasy League, which I hope that Mrs. Phillips is not listening to this because apparently she does not like him yes, playing Sam. as much I daily doubt fantasy. She's to yeah, I, I doubt no, she is. Not. I think that's a safe yes. assumption. Maybe oh. I'll drop
1: my phone this time and uh, the sauce. Yeah, so yeah and, in the last special time? sauce. Yeah, yeah that We're, we're
0: going to keep it yeah. to mostly local haunts, I think, going forward. I think that's a better yeah. strategy. But stay tuned for that on, on Gamecock Central. We'll also have the, uh, the live stream of that on Periscope. And thanks again for tuning into this podcast. Have a new episode every Thursday. And if you like it, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, which is very difficult for me to say. So I'm glad I got that out. Um, And as always, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Thursday.